Hey, all you demons and dragons, this is your host for the evening, Mr. Midnight, bringing you an all-new Most Haunted. That's right, you heard your ears and they're working perfectly. Miss Belladonna Knight and I decided to give a go at each other's topics with our personal favorite versions of each one. Tonight, I will be bringing you Creepy Collaborative's Most Haunted Archaeology, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Our first spine-chilling find of the night is King Tut's tomb itself and the Pharaoh's Curse. This is among the world's most famous curses. Ever since King Tutankhamun's tomb was discovered in Egypt's Valley of the Kings, stories circulated that those who dared to violate the boy king's final resting place would face a terrible curse. George Herbert, the fifth Earl of Carnarvon, the man who financed the excavation of King Tut's tomb, was the first to succumb to the supposed curse. Lord Carnarvon accidentally tore open a mosquito bite while shaving, and he ended up dying of blood poisoning shortly thereafter. There are occasional instances of genuine ancient curses appearing inside or on the facade of a tomb. Carter's team opened the tomb of Tutankhamun in 1923, launching Egyptology as we have come to know it today. The famous Egyptologist James Henry Breasted worked on the excavation with Carter soon after the tomb had first been officially opened. He reported how Carter had sent a messenger on an errand to his house. On approaching his home, the messenger thought he heard a faint, almost human cry. Upon reaching the entrance, he saw the birdcage occupied by a cobra, the symbol of the Egyptian monarchy. Carter's canary had died in its mouth, and this fueled local rumors of a curse. A previous inspector general of antiquities to the Egyptian government reported that this was interpreted as Carter's house being broken into by the royal cobra the same that is worn on the king's head to strike fear in the enemies and worn of the day that the king's tomb was being broken into. An account of the incident was reported by the New York Times on the 22nd of December, 1922. Many deaths have been associated to the Pharaoh's curse. George Herbert, the fifth Earl of Carnarvon, a financial backer of the excavation team who was present at the tomb's opening, died on the 5th of April in 1923, after a mosquito bite had become infected. He died four months and seven days after opening the tomb. George J. Gould I, a visitor to the tomb, died in the French Riviera on the 16th of May in 1923, after he had developed a fever following his visit. A.C. Macy, a member of Carter's excavation team, died in 1928 from arsenic poisoning. Captain the Hon Richard Bethel, Carter's secretary, died on the 15th of November in 1929. Now, he had died in Bed in Mayfair Club, the victim of a suspected smothering. Howard Carter opened the tomb on the 16th of February in 1923 and died well over a decade later on the 2nd of March in 1939. However, some have still attributed his death to the curse. I think it'll definitely be something that I tread lightly the next time that I'm in the ancient Egyptian section of the museum, for sure. For our next archaeological spook, we will need to take a bit of a journey to the indigenous lands of New Zealand, the Maori warrior masks are the second topic of the evening.
The Maori people are the native sons and daughters of New Zealand. Starting in the late 18th century, the colonizing British Empire seized numerous artifacts and objects of great cultural significance to the Maori for display in museums. Among these artifacts are a collection of warrior masks which Maori culture dictates should not be seen, approached, or touched by a pregnant woman or someone who is menstruating for fear of misfortune. The belief in this curse is so strong that museums actively advertise this warning when putting the masks on display, an act which proves controversial on its own. Maori masks were worn by people of the Maori tribe who inhabited the present-day New Zealand. Maori warriors would paint and carve these masks before heading off to battle. The face of a Maori mask warrior, or moko, is like an identification of the warrior, and every pattern has a particular meaning, showing the warrior's great deeds, his courage, his ancestors, and tradition. This is the reason, or at least one of the most important, that it is quite impossible to find two masks that are exactly the same. Legend has it that if a warrior died, his spirit would live within the mask. These masks have been part of artifacts and discoveries at various museums around the world. I know that I would be pretty unhappy if my soul was living in a mask and I was taken to be dis displayed in some museum for eternity. We definitely want to continue to respect cultures and curses. I will choose to respect this one from a distance. Otzi the Iceman will be rounding our evening off with another cursed mummy. The oldest natural mummy ever discovered in Europe, Otzi the Iceman, lived approximately 5,300 years ago in what is now present-day northern Italy. Exact details surrounding his death remain unclear, but one thing is for certain. Otzi died from a blow to the back of the head. A wounded and possibly wanted man. Otzi the Iceman spent his final days on the move, high up in the Alps until he was felled with an arrow to the back. About 5,300 years later, archaeologists are still unraveling the mystery of his death. The curse of Otzi is said to have affected many of the individuals directly involved with his discovery and removal. The first so-called victim was the forensic pathologist who picked Otzi up with his bare hands to place the remains in a bag for transport. He later died in a car crash en route to present new findings related to the discovery. The mountaineer who had guided this pathologist was himself caught in a fatal avalanche several months later. One of the two hikers to have initially spotted the mummy was found dead from an apparent fall during a later hike in the Alps. His body was discovered frozen and face down, just like Otzi. I don't know about you, but I'll probably be bundling up with an extra layer next time I'm out in the cold. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Creepy Collaborative's Most Haunted Archaeology Edition. Hopefully, I have made Miss Belladonna Knight proud. I do want to take a moment to thank our Patreon patron, Erica. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you can also find us anywhere podcasts can be found, including Apple Music and Spotify. And remember, keep it creepy.